This podcast is brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello there, welcome to Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We are back with all of the latest happenings at Juventus and it was another weekend, another three points in the bag. Juve taking care of Spull by two goals to nil. We'll have the full review of that match very, very shortly, including the votes and all the talking points to come. Plenty of transfer stories around as always. We'll touch on later on a big week ahead as well. Juve Valencia, match day five of the Champions League and Fiorentina as well in the league. Lots to get through if you'd like to get in touch with us throughout the program. At FNR underscore radio is where you can find us on Twitter. Of course, this program hosted by Patrick Gulacci and Julia Villa. Plenty to get through in the next hour here across the FNR network. Pat, Julia, welcome to you. Let's get into it. Pat, 2-0 win to Juventus against Spal. Expected some different faces in the lineup as well. Mm. Overall, uh, another pleasing weekend for Bianco Nelly fans. Yeah, just um, standard procedure, really. I mean, we had a few uh, new faces in the squad with Cuadrado starting, Decidio starting, uh, Rugani, and uh, Perin even in goal. But it was still a pretty, pretty Juve like performance and uh, an easy win. Yeah, definitely another comfortable win for us. Two great goals. Um, Definitely improvement in the way we were attacking. It was a relaxing game to watch. Uh, no struggle, really, uh, making anything happen up front. Altogether, a fairly solid game and a defensive phenomenal job as usual from DeShilio and Ruzani, uh, as well as another clean sheet for Perrin. So just an all-around good display. Yeah, so from a defensive standpoint, like Julia mentioned, Juve were just outstanding didn't really afford Spal any chances, and the game seemed in control from start to finish. Let's work our way through the side. We normally discuss the lines differently, but Perrin getting the start here first and foremost. There are a couple of your favourites, Pat, in the defensive ranks, but we'll start with Perrin. Another game, another clean sheet. Not not too difficult against this Spal outfit, but your thoughts, both your thoughts on his overall performance. Perrin. Perrin uh, to start with. Yeah, just standard. Didn't really have to make any saves. And um, I'd have to look at the stats, but I don't think he's conceded a goal in Juve Cullings. So. Yeah, so Perrin, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic keeper and it's good to have that uh, in in your reserve, having a guy like Perrin there who's obviously fantastic. And in my opinion, as I've mentioned a few times, he's Italy's number one when he is playing consistently. Yeah, it's always good to see him get that start too. You know, these are the kinds of games that we expect him to play. Let Chesney have a rest, especially when we've got a Champions League game in midweek. Um, the lower table teams playing. Perrin always proves himself well. He's proved himself for the national team, like Pat said. So really, there's never a problem when he's on the, on the pitch. Defensively, De Shilio, Bonucci, Rugani, Alexandro, some of the players you've mentioned there, of course, uh, another, well, routine Clean sheet for this back four, but good to see Dulgani particularly get some minutes in this one and, and play the 90, obviously, given what has been a, a difficult week off the pitch. There were some talks and reports suggesting that his father last week had come out and said that the end is near as such, potentially hinting that maybe the end of his time at Juve, some believing maybe 
the renewal was on its way. There were some conflicting reports out there, but good to see Lugani partner Bonucci, Dishilio and Alexandro in that back four and record mm. that clean sheet. Yeah, I know those rumours last week of Rugani possibly departing, whether it's January or end of the season, but he's been in the US squad for a few years now. I know he's probably been promised a lot of things with regards to minutes and starting eventually for this team, but his time is definitely coming. We've got Benatia who also spoke about how he's potentially leaving soon, um, not too happy with having a reserve role, which is understandable. And then you've got... Barzagli, who's likely going to retire at the end of the season. So his time's definitely coming. Whether Juve bring in another defender or not is another question. But Rugani's a guy that whenever he does step in, he's always playing really well. Yeah, and you know him getting the start now, I think, should be over the likes of Benatia, given that you know I think it was Benatia who asked to leave in January. He's looking for new opportunities. So I think that if the club wants to keep Rugani, it's, it's pretty crucial that he starts getting in, into the lineup, into these games. We saw that this partnership between Rugani, Chiellini, or Rugani and Benucci, it's never an issue. You know what you get with Rugani. Um, and if the club wants to keep him, then they have to start playing him. Otherwise, he's going he's gonna to part ways. And it's just a bit tough for him because, I mean, when you are lining up with two defenders, like you have the past couple of seasons in a four-man defense, it's hard to argue there is a starting spot for him when you've got Bonucci there. Um, and then obviously last year with the form of Benatia, he was arguably the best defender in the Serie A. So it's it's tough to argue that he does deserve a starting position, but you, you can't help but feel that he does deserve a few more minutes. One defender who came on very, very late on, Giorgio Chiellini. We'll talk about him in a lot more depth later on. But just a quick word, Julian Chiellini, obviously becoming the the fifth most capped player for Juventus in history. A phenomenal achievement. More on him to come later, but a quick word on Giorgio Chiellini and his significance to this current squad. Um, You know, he's definitely our whole back line, in my opinion, but it's not even so much his performance. I think it's his mentality. You know, the way he captains the squad is huge. Um, the figure that he is alone, I think, just motivates the entire team. So for him to be our captain, I, he's, he's exactly what we need on the pitch, even when he's not on it and when he's sitting on the bench. It's, it's his ability to motivate everyone, and, and you see it time and again. There's better flow throughout the game, and there's, it's, it's like a, a reassuring and there's reliance on him, so always a key figure to have, and uh, everybody looks up to him all the time. Just elaborating on that point, the Genoa game where Chiellini was missing, um, and not to hate on Bonucci too much, because we did that enough already, but uh, that Genoa game where Chiellini was missing and Bonucci had the captain's armband, there was a notable difference, um, I think, in the mentality of the team, especially when things weren't going right. When we have a Chiellini in the team, it's just there's so much confidence running through the team. And when things don't go as well throughout a match and it happens... Chiellini's always there motivating the side and I think it's just crucial that he he's just um, a member of that defence on a regular basis and he's someone that I think a Ronaldo aside is our most important player. It's certainly very important historically and 
absolutely this season, despite being in the twilight years of his career, the Juve captain. More on him to come later on in the program. The big talking point from a team lineup perspective in the lead up to this one was in midfield, though. Now, Allegri did go with Pjanic and Bentancur, supported by Cuadrado and Costa, former midfield. Obviously, no Chan, no Kedira, Bernadeschi missing as well. Potential addition there. So, a couple of key players out. What did you make of the? The 4-4-2, did it work for you there? And the four players there who played in midfield, Pjanic and Bentancourt particularly, who have played a lot of football recently. I think the 4-4-2 showed more of a defensive approach, to be honest. Um, Alexandro and Decilio rarely advanced forward, especially Alexandro. He was just committed on the defensive end. And, and those two guys were just outstanding defensively. They did not let Spal get forward. And uh, and then obviously having Cuadrado and Douglas Costa a bit further behind on the field rather than up top, you know, say a four three three. So it really helped from a defensive end. And obviously having Mandzukic and Ronaldo alone um, as those two forwards, I mean, it's it's enough talent alone to really um, just work themselves into the game. And uh, obviously from an attacking standpoint, the two goals, uh, it's sort of I think flattered Spal a bit because we could have won by more. But um, overall, we were always in control of that defensive stability. Yeah, you know, with, with the four four two, I feel like it, it is definitely more reassurance in the midfield, especially when we're missing key figures like Emery Chan or Kadira. Um, but the thing is, is when you go with the four three three, you know, you offer more of a threat offensively. And when we played with Costa and Cuadrado on on the sides they weren't creating those balls going forward. They weren't crossing the balls into the box enough. And, you know, that's all that Mezzukic and Ronaldo really need. So I, I don't know if Allegri uh, was looking to go more of a little bit of a defensive approach to, to the game against Ball, but um, I think it was more or less the reassurance in the midfield that he wanted to, to contain. And it helps to have someone like Bentancur who's played so well recently in the starting lineup because he's just he's a guy in form and someone that we can really rely upon now. Certainly a lot of quality in midfield. The two men up top that you mentioned, Pat, Ronaldo and Mandzukic, both getting on the score sheet and plenty to discuss about the performances of both. We'll start with the captain, though, Mario Mandzukic. Correct call to give Mandzukic the armband. It was nice to see, and he obviously was very honoured to to wear it on the on the afternoon. Yeah, I don't think you'd find a US supporter against it. Uh, I mean, just there was so much enthusiasm around seeing Mandzukic as captain. Um, Obviously, the last time Mandzukic and Bonucci were on the field together and Chiellini and Dybala were missing, that third captain became Bonucci. But that was when the Curva weren't present. So I think now with the Curva present, uh, Juve must have felt that it was the right decision was to give Mandzukic the captain's armband. And he obviously performed really well. And I think we saw a difference between the two where... Mandzukic um, led the side really well throughout the 90 minutes and there was just so much confidence running through the team whereas when Bonucci was captain we didn't really see that we started really well but we just faded towards the end of the game and obviously having someone like Mandzukic who just works so hard from the first minute to the 90th it's just he's a guy that we just it's I mean I know he's 32 years old or whatever but you just you just wish you could clone him and have him for another 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I think that before this game, it was something where you expected Benucci to have the armband when 
in my opinion, he's just really not the right person to be motivating the team. You know, when you think of what Chiellini does for Juve and how he leads the squad, um, that's something I think of Mandzukic doing. And, you know, there's no disrespect to Bonucci at all, but it's just not seeing him in that in that role. And Mandzukic is a guy that has embodied the loyalty and the passion, and, and that's what we want. And that's who we want wearing the armband and leading the team. You know, he proved himself performance after performance, dedicates it to dedicates every game to it, you know, even when he scored, he was touching the crest. So, you know, it's it's just the way he, he throws himself to Juve giving giving everything he has, every mm-hmm. performance. Yeah, and I mean, he's such a big game player and that's exactly what you want from a leader. And I even mentioned post game, I think Manzukic is entering that Bandiera status with Juve alongside the I mean, not in the same tier as like a Del Piero or Buffon, but somewhat there as a bandiera, as someone who will look back on in a few years' time as uh, someone that's really left the footprint in Juve's history. Another player who will be hoping to do that as well is, of course, his strike partner up top in Ronaldo. Another goal that's now goals in three consecutive mm. Serie A games. He's playing some really good football, and suddenly, suddenly, the, the slow start that was is no longer. He becomes the first He's the fastest, rather, Juventus player in history to reach 10 goals and the first Juve player in 50 years to score nine in his first 13 Serie A games. A phenomenal start that is just continuing growing week in and week out. Mm, he's just going from strength to strength. And, I mean, he's only going to get better as the season goes on. He gets more integrated with the team. He's just – it's just – I mean, you think there's rumours that Marotta, the, one of the reasons why he left Juve is because he didn't want – Ronaldo in the team, he didn't really see uh, the logic behind it. But, I mean, you look now, and this guy's just guaranteed goals, so you just can't argue it. Yeah, you know, I mean, whether you look at his goals or his assists, they're both impressive, but I think what's most impressive to me is how he plays game after game. You know, there's consistency in him, um, and that's that's the key for up top. That's, that's what we need. You know, he's not only scoring goals each game, but there's the assist that he provides, the passes, his movement. It all comes down to his contribution. And, you know, I wouldn't just want someone waiting to score a tap in each game. Ronaldo just offers so much more than more than that and more than goals. And I think that's why a lot of people are surprised at how fast he's adapted to it. Um, because, you know, we did bring him in for goals, but his contribution to our attack has just been crucial to our wins. And he seems to be popping up in the right moments when the team needs the goals. Like against Milan last week, uh, obviously Milan had that better second half, but... Ronaldo got the goal around the 80th minute and sealed the match. And I think that's something we can look forward to for the rest of the year where he's just going to pop up in those right moments. The Juve fans certainly enjoying celebrating with him when he scores each and every goal. And you certainly feel more to come. Nearing our first break for the show. But before we get there, guys, your votes for this round's 2-0 win over Spal. Yeah, I gave Ronaldo three. Uh, again, it's just it's hard to look past him. Another fantastic game. Created a ton of chances and obviously scored the goal. He's 10th in Juve colours. Two to Alexandro. Defensively outstanding. He just seemed to stop every attack. And then the one vote to another um, of his partners in defence, Rugani. I just thought that he marked Petania completely out of the game. And I, I tried to keep a close eye on him throughout the match and he just seemed... He didn't give Patania an inch, so uh, I thought that he played really well. Um, three for me, I have to give to Alexandro. It's just another performance where we've seen him take charge defensively, offering a little bit offensively, but, you know, he's never a problem defending well, making decisive tackles. 
two for me is going to be Bentoncourt. Um, I don't think that there's anybody that's been more consistent other than the Tweedy, but he's just coming up, making crucial passes, tackles, interceptions. He's coming back to defend, and his movement is just growing and growing. And one I'm going to give to DeShilio. I'm glad to see him to get another start and another good performance as he's getting more comfortable being back on the pitch. Yep, so just reading out the tally for our votes, uh, I've got Ronaldo first, followed by Dybala and Alexandro. Meanwhile, Julia has Alexandro first, with Mandzukic second and Ronaldo third. Nicely done, guys. We'll, we'll leave it there. Juve defeat Spal by two goals to nil. And that sensational start continues. 12 wins and a draw, 37 points out of a possible 39 from the 13 games. Incredible. Eight points clear of second place Napoli. We'll fill you in on what they got up to over the weekend very shortly. We are off to a quick break, though, but stay tuned. Plenty more coming up right here on Mondo Juve on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We do hope you are enjoying the program. Plenty more coming up, of course, a look ahead to what's to come in the Champions League. Matchday 5, Valencia need to win to go through, plain and simple. But obviously, Matchday 4 was a shock loss, so plenty of work still to do. And then, of course, the clash in the Serie A the weekend against completely out of sorts Fiorentina side, who at the weekend drew for the fifth straight league game. Quite incredible, but more on those two teams and matches to come. We'll talk about some individual players and some of the transfer reports at the moment, but we'll start with a player who we touched on a little earlier, Giorgio Chiellini, of course, the captain of Juventus, who has moved into fifth place in the all-time caps list for Juve. An incredible, incredible achievement for, for any player at any club, but particularly for Chiellini, given all the greats that have come through this great club, of course, joining Juve in 2005. A lot of people don't remember, but was actually owned by Roma for being sent to Juve. Spent mm-hmm. some loan spells at Livorno and Fiorentina. 100 appearances for the Italian national team. He's breaking all sorts of records this season. So a, a wonderful achievement by Chiellini. And again, he's had his moments over the years, but this season particularly, he's really asserted himself, again, as one of the very best defenders in world football, and it's a credit to him. He stepped up, now the captain that Gianluigi Buffon has moved on, and obviously no Marquisio. So he is the longest-serving player, the captain of this great club, a phenomenal individual, and deservedly moves into the top echelon of Juventus players to have ever appeared for the club. Mm, and, I mean, I feel like now he's more important than ever. I think he's around 33, 34 years old, but he's obviously still one of the best defenders in the world. I know that each year... Uh, people like to judge, you know, the new defender that comes in as the best and whatnot. But Chiellini's just been extremely consistent throughout the last, say, seven years. One of the best defenders in the world. Um, Rarely has gotten injured, keeps himself on the pitch, and he's just a fantastic leader. Someone that's been through the Del Piero era. He's played with the Nedveds, the the Pirlos. He's been a part of some fantastic US squads over the years, and he's still here even with uh, Buffon, Marquisio, these guys have departed. He's obviously got his chance to wear the captain's armband now and he's really stepped up. A guy that means a whole lot to the, the structure of the team, 
he sets us up from defence to to attack. And I mean, we even see, we've even seen throughout the season where Juve are looking for that second goal, or whatever. And Kielin is literally the first one up there, running forward, first one back. Uh, you just can't speak more highly of him. He's just a fantastic defender and and f- fantastic player. Yeah, you know, and I think his consistency pretty much speaks for itself. You know, being the best in the world, you know, you see defenders come in, especially when they're young. And, you know, everybody's got their eyes on guys like Delight or even the likes of Sergio Ramos. But I don't think that their consistency just matches up to that of Chiellini's, where, you know, he's played the same way year after year, season after season. Um, and, you know, his defensive abilities are how the squad is structured. You know, Benucci plays his best when he's with Kylian. There's better flow in our midfield. Everyone kind of has that sense of safety when he's on the pitch, not to mention his aerial abilities offensively. So, you know, I think that even based on the mentality that he brings onto the pitch, he's just the perfect leader for the squad. And the way that he plays, he proves it and has to be the best in the world. Yeah, I certainly agree. Still, despite being 34, I believe 34 in August, he's certainly one of the very best in the world. Be interesting to see if he was a few years younger, what sort of figure he would potentially be able to be sold for. Not mm. that they would ever sell him, but again, his quality is such that he still is one of the world's best. And and you're right, Pat. Sometimes people out there get caught up with the the new young defenders coming through, and that's what the talk is about. But Tried and tested and proven. That's exactly what Giorgio Chiellini is and certainly one of the very best. Will he ever catch the all-time mark of Alessandro Del Piero? Probably not. Still some way to go. Del Piero, of course, ticked over 700, 705 to be exact. So a long way to go for Chiellini. He's on 482, but again, fifth all-time for Juve. I think the top threes is likely. Buffon almost 200 away as well. So it's a credit to Chiellini and his quality, of course. And as you both hinted, it's still very, very important, if not one of the most important players in this very talented Juventus squad. And he's played with all the greats. So congratulations to him. Elsewhere, some transfer news doing the rounds. Let's start with Gonzalo Higuain, of course, former Juve striker, currently at AC Milan. Latest reports I'm reading, guys, is that well, Milan may not look to pursue the, the loan-to-buy option. Firstly, are we surprised? And secondly, what does this mean for Gonzalo Higuain? Not too surprised, to be honest. Higuain seemed almost like, uh, I mean, he, he's above a Milan. He should be just about anywhere else. And, I mean, Milan obviously aren't in the Champions League. I don't know how feasible it is for them to sign a Higuain, especially if they don't make the Champions League next season. He's going to cost them 35 mil. I know that there was a player, I think from the Spanish League, that they were looking for uh, that they saw in that Higuain role that cost a lot cheaper that they're planning on bringing in. I've forgotten his name. I haven't but, seen uh, Yeah, I've forgotten. I think it starts with S. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I can see them replacing Higuain with a much cheaper option. I mean, you can't keep a guy like Higuain who's he's going to have no resale value in a couple of years' time. You spend $35 mil on him. He's one of the highest earners in Serie A, and you're not playing Champions League. So it's not too feasible for Milan. So I can see him moving on and them not taking up that option to keep him. And... Um, I, I don't see him staying at Juve either. We've obviously got a pretty good attack right now. We're scoring a lot of goals, and I think that if he were to return, he'd then be sold on. Yeah, you know, this is something that I didn't think was going to work out from the beginning. You know, aside from what actually happened, whether it was that he was kicked out, he left, or there were differences, 
I just think that the whole the way that the whole deal was done wasn't as reassuring for me. Um, I didn't expect him to flourish at Milan like he did at Juve or Napoli, and that's why I expected us to either keep him or send him off somewhere to the EPL with even with sorry to reunite them. But I think in the case of welcoming him back, it wouldn't be a problem for the fans because you know all Juventus fans still love him. Um, it's just a case of not us of us not having the room. You know, with so many attackers. It's it's difficult to see where he would fit in the lineup, especially now that we've we've brought in Ronaldo and you know Menzuka just playing every game. It, it's how much he would actually play as well. So that being said, I don't I don't think he would keep him. I think they'd probably send him back right or send him out right away, even probably somewhere in the EPL. And I mean, especially now with uh, Higuain, that type of striker that when he was at Juve playing more of an isolated role in say four three three or something and. Now that Juve are so stacked in attack um, and relying heavily on attacks from all sorts of areas, I don't see us really integrating Higuain into the team. And um, I, I mean, I just don't understand how he hasn't ended up at, say, Chelsea, a team that uh, obviously Morata is not doing too well there, former Juve player. And uh, Higuain guarantees a bunch of goals. So I, I can really see him moving to another European heavyweight at the end of the season. I mean, I'm with you there, particularly Chelsea. That's where the reports have him linked. But I don't, you know, don't think a return to Juve for any period would be a possibility given the arrival of Ronaldo and all the other attacking quality up top. One of the other former stars linked to a return continually and continually and continually is Paul Pogba. The latest here, quite interesting. Now, read into this what you will. But the latest reports from multiple sources in Italy suggest that Inter Milan could potentially hijack the Pogba return with Marotta, of course, set to play a role in that. Reportedly set to offer Manchester United, Skriniar and Perisic, two players who they've expressed interest in previously. So perhaps the first role of Marotta at Inter could be to intervene the deal for the return of Pogba from Manchester United. Uh, I mean, it's purely paper talk, really. But I can see where they've made that connection. We've obviously Perisic, a player that's been linked to United in the past, especially after the 2016 Euro, I think it was, where he played really well. And uh, Skriniar is another guy that's been linked there. Morata's now at in, unofficially at Inter. So you can see where the connection's been made, but uh, I don't see Pogba joining in Inter, especially with them giving up Skriniar a guy that they really, really value um, and he's a massive piece of their future. Uh, but, um, I mean, with regards to Marotta, just himself joining Inter, I, I hate it, to be honest, be, particularly because of these things where he's so good at his job that he's definitely going to strengthen our opponent. I mean, oh, the rumour alone is just something that you have to laugh at because even if it deemed to be true, Pogba would just kind of look at it and laugh, I'm sure, because that's definitely not somewhere where he wants to go. You know, he wants to be reunited with the likes of Giulini and Benucci and Vivala. So he knows where his home is. And if he was going to go anywhere in Italy, it would be back to Turin. Um, but again, with Inter Milan, I know they've had tons of rumors going after United players. There's been talks of them with links with Martial, Rashford. So I don't want to look into it too much, especially since we just got they have De Bruyne and Skriniar playing well together. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't see that to be that feasible for them. Also, 
mainly too because of public wages. So it just doesn't seem legit to me. Yeah, and I, I mean, like I said, I can see where the connection has been made with Marotta and the Perisic interest from United. But uh, like Julia said, I, I don't think Inter would be a place that really interests Pogba. You both make very good points. Before we get to another break, Julia, tell me, Pogba and Higuain aside, and whoever else potentially will come in, obviously given the different faces that were on show at the weekend against Spal and, and all the quality and depth in this squad, are we any closer to knowing what the best lineup is? What what is best suited for Allegri at this point? Obviously, he's he's got his tried and tested formation and setup, but with so many key players playing well, and and obviously that due to some injuries at the moment as well. Are we any closer to that? Particularly given though that there are still links to midfielders in January, given the the absence of some depth there. I mean, I think Juve's best lineup kind of depends on the game. You know, we've seen Allegri switch it up numerous times, but in big games, I think he knows exactly where he's going. You know, you're gonna. He, I'm assuming he's gonna stay with the four-three-three. That's his preference. That's what he thinks fits our system best, our style of play. That being said, when you look at games that we play against teams like Spal, with playing placing Deshilio in the back line. Even though he's been playing extremely well, he still lacks that skill to drive up the field where it's crucial that we have that in big games, which is where Cancelo fits in there. So, you know, there's the same back four, there's the same midfield. I think that that's the only area where he's unsure of at the moment just because of all the injuries. So with Pjanic and Benson Moore taking over, the 4-2 seems a little bit more feasible for him last game, but filling that role in the midfield beside Benton and Pjanic now with Makuti back and hopefully Emery Chaz soon. Um, I think that, the, that we're just going to see the continuous lineup that we've seen with Ronaldo, Mezuka, Chibala, Pop, same midfield and the same defense. Uh, personally, I mean, <clears throat> I, prefer, I prefer a 4-3-3 uh, with the three-man midfield, but I do like seeing, um, obviously we have a whole bunch of a massive range of uh, attacking talent with guys like Bernadeschi, Cuadrado, Douglas Costa on the bench. So it's it's nice to see the occasion where Allegri throws in that added forward, say in a four-two-three-one or something. Um, but I think from week to week, I do like to see a four-three-three with um, obviously that defense of Bonucci, Chiellini, Cancelo has been a remarkable signing, um, and then in midfield. I think the third guy in midfield between Pjanic and Matuidi is our only question mark, where uh, Kadira is a guy that I feel needs to be a reserve now. Uh, Bentancur is still coming along. He's in fantastic form, but still coming along. And I really like what I saw of Emre Can uh, when he was playing. So I feel that he's a guy that, once he does return from injury, um, could really develop, a, a, a move his way into the starting lineup and, and perform really well. And then um, from an attacking standpoint, obviously Ronaldo, Mandzukic, Dybala, the three guys that have probably been our three best attackers this season. Plenty of depth and some good headaches to have. We are off to our final break for the day. Juve Valencia and Fiorentina Juve. Preview still to come. Stay tuned. Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back for the final time today. Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. 
Juve high flying atop of the league table, 37 points out of a possible 39. Very nice reading indeed. And of course, that lead's been extended because, incredibly, Napoli have drawn nil nil with Kievo Veron at the weekend. A Kievo side that have one point from 13 games, of course, technically four, but they have a three point ban. So the bottom place Napoli have held, have been held, sorry, the bottom place Kievo have held Napoli to extend Juve's lead at the top by eight points. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it's going to be very difficult for the chasing pack. Yeah, I don't think we'll see any premature fireworks in <laughs> Naples this year with um, them already so far behind. Juve obviously just flying uh, the one game where we drop points and just taking it easy, really. Um, Napoli, I don't know how they've drawn to Kievo at home. Uh, especially considering I think Kiev are only on about two points on the bottom of the table. Mm. So they're really struggling. One. One point. There One you go. point. They were on zero before this <laughs> round started. Julia, just a question off the cuff here. Juve, well, Juve for me certainly is to win the title this season. But regardless, from what you've seen from the other clubs in Italy this season, who's looking likely to join Juve in the top four? Um... I mean, it's it's really hard to say right now just because of the way every team has been playing. You know, we've seen Napoli drawing drawing teams like Kievo Roma. We've seen Roma losing games easily. So I think that Inter Milan is pretty much the only team that I view as a real threat right now, mm. the way that they've been attacking, the way that they've picked it up. Then probably Napoli staying in third. And, you know, the fourth spot is just still so wide open that I'm just not really sure who's going to grab it because, you know, you look at teams like Lazio, Milan, Roma, they're all kind of in that same boat right now where you're just not really sure how their season is going to end up based on the way they're playing. Mm. Feels like none of them want it at the moment. Lazio and Milan drawing at the weekend and Roma losing for the first time in a very long time to Udinese, but good luck to them in their race for the top four. But looking ahead to what's to come for Juve this week, Match day five, UEFA Champions League up against Valencia. A semi-resurgent Valencia because Valencia for a very long time this season had only had one win in all competitions. They had drawn multiple games in La Liga and they still have. They had dropped points everywhere. However, now they've won four from their last five, including their last three straight. They're playing some good football, Valencia. However, it's in Juve's hands. Win certainly through, draw certainly through as well. And I think that's the, the first box that needs to be ticked. But obviously, with with still a remaining fixture to come against Young Boys on match day six, be looking very... They'd be happier to tie it up and assure themselves of a top-place finish with a comfortable win here. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm confident, but I was before the Man United game as well. So, <laughs> I mean, but you, you sort of have to take a bit of confidence going into this game considering Juve beat Valencia away down a man for 60 minutes with Ronaldo red-carded, obviously, so... Feeling confident, um, and hopefully we can wrap up qualification. Yeah, you know, this is a, a must-win game for us to top the group. Uh, I don't expect us to get only a one-goal defeat, you know. I expect us to come out with at least a two- or three-goal shutout. I mean, if we could do it with 10 men and Ronaldo out, there's really no excuse for anything less, um, especially with United facing young boys. Um, I expect to see more of a determined UVA eager to come out with three points and you know it should be a fairly good game for us big game indeed obviously very unlikely that Juve can actually secure top spot because 
young boys would need to take a point off United. So that remains to be seen. That may go down to the wire, but yeah, you're right, Pat. Certainly assuring themselves of qualification is paramount. As it stands, you'll wear top the group with nine points. Of course, three wins and that one loss. Man United second with seven points. Valencia third with five. Young boys bottom with one. And of course, match day six, we'll see Manchester United go to Valencia. So United still not a short of progression. Valencia with plenty to play for in this match against Juve, knowing that they need at least well, Valencia really need a win. So it'll be game on. It certainly cannot be they cannot be underestimated, Valencia, because those three straight wins have them playing much better football. But that match, of course, a big one on match day five. Juve taking on Valencia United hosting young boys at Old Trafford. Have to be confident that three points are an offer, and I think a very important result to ensure that they bounce back from the slip-up against United. Yeah, obviously we're going to see a motivated Juve, one that uh, will attempt to clinch first spot, even if uh, obviously there's the United result as well, but Juve will know that with a win, they have the chance of clinching um, top spot and righting a wrong with their loss to Man United in the last game. Julia, let's go to the Serie A for next weekend. It's Fiorentina up against Juventus. A wonderful rivalry historically, but a Fiorentina side who are not playing well at all at the moment. Five straight draws in the league. Not many wins of note this season. Only four wins from their 13 fixtures. They are mid-table 10th spot with 18 points, so 19 points adrift of Juve. On paper, it doesn't look like it will be too tough a battle, but a busy schedule ahead for Juventus. How do you think they approach this one? Um, you know, as much as Fiorentina has been struggling, I still expect it to be a little bit of a challenge for us just because they're always a side that comes to play. Um, they definitely need the points, so you know they're going to come out fighting for it. Um, but I don't expect us to come out lightly either just because, you know, we know that we still want to win the league especially we could that it's possible to win the league by probably christmas at this point but you know despite the fact that Fiorentina is struggling um they always prove to be a good side for us to face um and i expect us to come out strong with a good lineup hopefully no injuries from valencia um other than that you know all four good lineups and uh hopefully at least a two goal win for us and um, I actually follow a few Fiorentina fans on Twitter. I know that they're pretty frustrated with their team at the moment. So hopefully Juve can go there and, and get a win at the uh, Artemio Franchi. A big game, of course. An opportunity as well for Juve fans to get a close eye on Chiesa, who, of course, has been linked to half of Italy and half of Europe. He's, his form is such, obviously not as strong in recent weeks, but... It would be a good opportunity to see him play. He wore the captain's armband for Fiorentina at the weekend in their nil-nil with Bologna. Piazza is another one who could be on show. He, of course, he's on loan at Fiorentina. Yes, or they sold? option to buy. Option to buy yeah. from Juve. So a couple of interesting options there for Juve to have a look at. Piazza, of course, missed the weekend draw at Bologna through injury. But as I said, an opportunity for the Juve staff, the Juve management, technical staff, the fans, to get a look at, well, in Piazza's case, a player who could potentially return, but in Chiesa, as I said, a certain future star of Italian mm. football. And another subplot is obviously Bernardeschi returning of course. to Fiorentina. I remember the last time we played there last year, he was just kicked all game, booed. Uh, he absolutely copped it, and uh, he put in just about a man-of-the-match performance from what I remember. So He scored in that one? Uh, yes. He did. And I think he celebrated. He yeah, did. he did. He yeah. did. 
a fine finish from my memory. But, Julia, obviously Chiesa, as I said, particularly has been linked to half of Italy and clubs around Europe as well. For me, a certain star of the future. Obviously, don't want him to score against Juve, but it'll be interesting to see how he how he fares against the very talented Juve defence. You know, I think depending on who Allegri puts back there, it really doesn't matter just because, you know, over the recent weeks I've, people have actually watched Kiva play, it's kind of been a hit or miss with him. Um, and that's why I think that he'll be controlled all game, no matter who's in the middle on the flanks. It really doesn't matter. Um, he does press and he does shoot. He definitely takes ability of that. Um, but he's not one that overly impresses me. To be quite honest, um, but I, I just still see a full force defense no matter what, whether it's you know Rugani, Shulio, Sandro, whoever's marking him. I, I don't expect him to create much. Well, I'm looking forward to the games, regardless of whether or not he creates much. There should be a couple of very big games this week. Before we wrap up, guys, a quick score prediction for both games. Firstly, Juve Valencia, Julia. Um, I'm gonna say three now for you, Pat. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-0. And Fiorentina Juve? I think I'm going to stick with 2-0 again there. Okay, 2-0s yeah. two, two for you, Julia? Yeah, I'm going to do 2-0 as well. All right. So it looks like another big week ahead for Juventus. Guys, great stuff today. <laughs> That's all from Patrick Galacci and Julia Villa. Join us again next week at the same time to do it all over again. This has been Mondo Juve on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football in Australia and right around the world. Until next time, it's goodbye for now.